to be back. I'm sorry. I've been away for a little bit. As you know, I was in the UK and the UK was a lot uh, busier than I thought it would be. Uh, it was great. It was an amazing experience. I'm going to talk more about that. I'm actually going to release a Substack uh, on that topic specifically. Uh, looking a bit scruffy. Really? I don't know. I'm just looking like myself. Maybe that's just the camera or the lighting uh, that I'm under here. So that it could be that. But anyways, um, it's great to be here. And I want to first welcome everybody to the Freedom Coffee live stream where we celebrate the freedoms that we have and that we've managed to maintain through events like the Freedom Convoy. And uh, we look forward to expanding those freedoms in the future. Now, I do apologize, I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, the audio quality today is gonna be not great. Uh, I am in Florida, so I don't have my setup, I don't have my mic, and if any of you have been to or lived in Florida, the enemy of, I gotta, I gotta fix this on, on locals, this is making me crazy. Uh, <laughs> That doesn't work either. Well, maybe, what if we do that? I got to kind of jerry-rig. Uh, okay, it's a little bit better, but not great. Uh, so if any of you have been in Florida, you'll know that the enemy of Florida is carpet. And because of that, any place you're in in Florida in general, minus a couple of hotels, even hotels don't have a lot of carpet, um, the, the problem is you get a lot of echoing, which is exactly what I'm dealing with here now. So I imagine that, as always, is going to affect um, the listener count, especially on the audio uh, platform. But it is what it is. I wanted to catch up with all of you uh, that are in the Discord. So uh, for all of you listening and listening in the future, uh, good morning. <laughs> and I hope you're all having an amazing week, an amazing month, and um, if you have any questions, let me know in the chat. Ryan, good morning, brother. It's good to see you. Uh, a lot has been going on. <laughs> it's been uh, pretty wild, so I'm not going to talk so much about uh, England. We'll wait till the Substack comes out to tell you guys about that, and then we'll, I'll come in a chat and we'll, uh, or in a stream, and we'll talk about uh, all of that. I'm sure you guys will have some questions, but... Um, Anyways, uh, first thing, please like, share, and subscribe, and uh, it's, uh, it's really great to see you here. So, uh, the, yesterday I released, by the way, a, another substack, Bitcoin versus Crypto. So the reason I'm here in Florida is I've been invited to speak at uh, GASP, a crypto convention. And for those of you who know, I'm a Bitcoiner. I'm not into cryptocurrencies. And there's there's always been a lot of, uh, well, there's been friction among certain people within both spaces. And what's what I'm encouraged by is there are people kind of on both sides that just want to, you know, let people be and do your thing. And let's just focus on the real, you know, concern in the world, which is the fiat banking system, creeping authoritarianism, and uh, there are people in the in the crypto space that do want to hear the story of this, the uh, the freedom convoy, and how Bitcoin was really the currency that saved uh, all of us. It was the only money that was distributed directly to the truckers who were there uh, when Caribou was uh, distributing things on the ground. So, and then we talked a little bit about this uh, in England. If you watched, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, search uh, WTF is wrong with Canada. And you'll see I co-hosted uh, a segment or, se well, a segment, an episode of their daily podcast. And as well, there's an episode of Brokenomics, 
that is their macroeconomics uh, podcast. There, that'll be released, I think today, it, today or sometime this week, if I'm not mistaken. And then I also did an episode of Trigonometry, which will be released, I think, in another week or so, whenever they, they get it done. They have a little bit of a expanded latency for their thing. So I'm in Florida speaking at a conference called Cyberpunk 2023. If you are in Florida, uh, please come hang out. It'll be great. And I'm trying to bring some Bitcoiners with me, uh, not to proselytize, well, to proselytize a little bit, but not to be combative, not to be aggressive, just to kind of find friends on the other side of stuff. And so we can all kind of come together. A little bit what I was trying to do with my messaging during the Freedom Convoy. Uh, it worked there, so I'm hoping it's going to uh, work in the Bitcoin space as well. All right, so anything happening in Canada lately? Even Rocky knows, right, Jesse? <laughs> Has Rocky seen what a moron Justin Trudeau is? And not just Justin Trudeau. Our entire political class, they got to be, if I can say, uh, if I can say a bad word, to, if, if I can have a clearance to, to use a bad word, um, our entire polit political class, conservatives and NDP included, have to be the dumbest motherfuckers we have ever had in any government in Canada, really. really. Shit for brains is, does not even cut it, as they all applaud, applauded like barking seals. In, uh, in the legislature. But I'm going to talk a little bit. Of, I want to give a little bit of context uh, on that. So prior to that, um, there was the Khalistani terrorist uh, scandal involving Justin Trudeau, who has started, I don't know, uh, a geopolitical uh, war with India. You know, the most populous country in the world, uh, all of whom who's very young. So that is an emerging economy and will be a very powerful economy. So Justin Blackface Trudeau thought, hey, this is who I'm going to start a fight with. Why not? What can go wrong? <laughs> Dumbass. And he aligns himself with the Khalistani terrorist movement, which is only active now in Canada. It's not active in any other part of the world. This has been a problem in Canada for some time. Uh, some people I know were working on this issue politically for, I don't know, 10, 15 years? Like, this is not something new. Uh, Air India bombing, you ever heard of that? Yeah, that was a Khalistani terrorist that did that. And so that's who Justin Trudeau has aligned himself with. So he has um, already, once again, taken the reputation of Canada with him, flushed it completely down the toilet, right? Um, well, uh, Ryan, I'm going to talk about that, about that uh, because that was a political Fed operation. That was the same people who screwed us in Ottawa. That's who set up the Million Man March thing. It was all total bullshit, which is why I didn't get involved. And it was, uh, you know, I get it. People are frustrated and they want change. Me too. But uh, going to the same vultures who sabotaged the Freedom Convoy... That's not the way it's gonna. That's not the way you're gonna get your freedom, and that's why it might have had a little bit of an air of uh, incongruency or disingenuousness. That's why it was a completely a political uh, operation. But anyways, let's let's get back to this stuff. So you're Justin Trudeau, right? And you're gonna honor you. You f somehow somehow Zelensky and Trudeau found a living, breathing Nazi. How? <laughs> the fact that they managed to find somebody 
who is still alive, who's a Nazi, that is amazing. Like, props, <laughs> props to those two dumbasses for finding a living, breathing Nazi. Great. So you're going to honor this Nazi. What's the best time to do it? Well, the best time to do it is what's called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, which is, in, for, those, for the people who are interested in religion, it's the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. It's the day where all the Jews are in synagogue, they're all fasting, they're praying for atonement. So like in, in Catholicism, for example, you have confession, right? In Judaism, you, you have like the, the period between Rosh Hashanah, which is the New Year's, and the Day of Atonement, of, by which God will, you know, judge you and your character and all that sort of stuff. So that's why it's a really important day for Jews. It's like having confession for an entire year in that period, okay? Uh, so this is when Justin Trudeau decided, hey, I'm going to honor a Nazi. <laughs> so good. It, it's, the comedy doesn't end. It's absolutely uh, hysterical. Anyways... And so he clearly destroyed the reputation of himself a good again. Um, I mean, listen, it goes back to Trudeau eulogies, right? What was that? Three months after he got elected, it's just been this chaos over and over and over again. Lisa, good morning, Lisa. It's good to see you too. Uh, but the thing that I find is hysterical is uh, my pet hate, which is the deputy, the rookie MP and deputy leader and woke supremacist of the Conservative Party, which is why they have no credibility as far as I'm concerned, uh, who is Jewish, and she, um, I mean, I don't know how Jewish she is, I haven't seen her in synagogue anytime soon, other than kissing asses of rabbis for, you know, support. She's, by the way, she was the lobbyist for Walmart to ensure to keep small businesses closed and, and help with lockdowns. That, that's who your deputy leader of the Conservative Party is. And um, so she uh, criticized uh, Justin Trudeau, rightfully so, rightfully so, for honoring a Nazi. And my question was, hey, why were all your colleagues clapping? Right? Because if you look at the video, they're all clapping. All of them. <laughs> right? They're all conservatives, NDP, everybody is clapping for this Nazi. It was probably the most epic troll of the political class in history. And I'm going to get to that in, uh, in a second. And the, the best part is, who are they throwing under the bus? Who are they throwing under the bus? The speaker! <laughs> Sorry, I can't. It's just, it's so ridiculous. All of this is just such comedic insanity it's great i love it they throw this so the speaker has to own, and by the way that's how politics works so you saw this with uh, doug ford uh on the um on the provincial conservative side with this whole green belt thing so they always look for staffers or people who will fall on their sword in politics something i would never do because i have i don't know integrity uh but they got the speaker which i don't know is the speaker the I, the speaker is one of the most prominent people in parliament, are they not? I know it's been many years since civics class. But anyways, the speaker apologizes and admits it's his fault. No, 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 it's not your fault. <laughs> so good. Anyways, all right, so a little bit of context as well. 
Uh, and, you know, it's funny how they're all trying to scat run from this and excuse it away. And, oh, we didn't know, you know, we were shocked and whatever. Listen, it's Parliament. It's not McDonald's. Every single person in that room is vetted in duplicate or triplicate. Everybody knows every single person that gets in that room. It's just like when they're reading their talking points and you notice they're always ready with a rebuttal. All of that is scripted. That all comes from the OLO in the, the, um, off, uh, the office of the leader of opposition or the PMO, the prime minister's office. All the talking points that they're reading from, that's why they're reading, and the follow-up questions, it's all scripted. And they know the questions that they're going to talk about. They know what's on the docket. And they also know everybody <laughs> who is going to be in that room. And my guess is what they thought they would do is, you know, oh, God, I can't believe this idiot's here. Fine. Let's just do well, let, let's let's get beyond this and move on. Uh, I was shocked to see them clapping <laughs> like barking seals. All of them. They're so dumb. Really, the dumbest pre- people you ever meet are people uh, in the political class. Very sneaky. Um, that's the only intelligence they have, but they're very dumb. Uh, Dave Atonement will continue. Poland is considering uh, extradition of, oh, oh, of Hunka. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, that would be very, that is from Ariston the YouTube. The Day of Atonement will continue. Poland is considering extradition of Hunka. <laughs> well, yeah, Pol- the Poles are pretty pissed. And for all the people who are, you know, the Jewish conspiracy... No, no, no. The, the, the Poles aren't Jews. They're called victims. Victims is what they are, you know, of World War II. And um, anyways, so, uh, yeah, Jesse, I wonder how proud Klaus Schwab is of Trudeau now. Well, Klaus's father was a Nazi, so he probably was quite proud that he managed to get one of his dad's friends into the Canadian Parliament to be honored. But anyways, okay, so everybody is vetted. They all knew that he was there. Um, You know, I've talked many times before. This is why there are good people in politics. Because political parties, well, you know, better people. Political parties are not, they're cults, but they're different than most cults. Because it's a cult full of opportunists who are trying to stab each other in the back at every moment, right? So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a unique situation. Avril, good morning to you too, dear. Um, anyways, so um, how did the Nazi get into Parliament? What do you think happened? Because I have a theory, and it would be consistent with what I uh, what I know about it. By the way, I hope you all have your coffee. There's there's your evidence that I'm down here in the warmth. How do you think it happened? Well, I'll tell you what I think happened. That's why I said it's probably the most epic troll. That was a setup. That was a setup from internally in the Liberal Party. So I happen to know that uh, the, the, what's remaining of the Trudeau Liberals is about 20 people. Everybody else is counting the days until Trudeau is gone, is out of office. And, and what are they going to do? Like a pack of hyenas. They're all, again, this is just how political parties work. They're all going to start, you know, clamoring for power, forming alignments, um, you know, trying to throw people under the bus. This is what I don't like about politics. You can have somebody who's your best friend, and then three months later, they could be trying to destroy you. 
And then three months after that, they could be trying to be your best friend again. And it just, that's just not me, right? But so the Liberal Party, I happen to know, is trying to get rid of Trudeau. You can see, unfortunately, the Trudeau-ish faction, the extremists, are trying to line up Mark Carney as the next leader of the Liberal Party, which would be, I don't know, the end of Canada, because uh, he's, it's all the Trudeau stupidity with somebody who's charismatic and likable uh, and can form a sentence, unlike Mr. Um, 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 blackface, um, 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 you know what I mean? So that's concerning. But anyways, uh, remember, everything is vetted. Everybody who goes there is vetted. The entire process is vetted. And there's a lot of sneaky stuff that I've seen in politics and know how it works. I have a, I have a feeling this was a complete setup. They're trying to do everything they can to get rid of Trudeau to destroy his reputation, to get him to back down. He refuses to because he likes the lifestyle. And uh, their attitude is, oh, okay, well, we'll see how he'll, do, he'll deal with this. All right? And that's why you saw, like, th- this, would, this should never happen in any administration. And the only way it happens is, um, is through these sort of means. Like, for example, yesterday I met with a friend of mine who lives here in Florida. Uh, we went for, uh, and we, uh, well, yesterday, the day before, anyways, we went for coffee and, uh, you know, catch up. And he said, yeah, my, he's got a, an, a I don't know, he's he got an Audi. He said, uh, yeah, the Audi was stolen. I'm like, how was it stolen? Hey, Guillaume. He said, how was it stolen? I mean, you live in a gated community, uh, really locked down, very wealthy neighborhood. Um, and where was it stolen from? He says, stole from my driveway. So I'm like, how, how, with all the security how was it stolen? I said to him, the only way is it could be an inside job. And he said, yeah, exactly. Well, the only way you get a Nazi into parliament is if it's an inside job. That's the only way. So somebody in the Liberal Party, and I happen to know there are lots of them, are gunning for, for Trudeau to get rid of him. And in fact, before I came, as I was coming to Florida... A friend of mine who, you know, me and my buddies always made fun of him because he was a liberal, you know, he was a liberal uh, inside, well, insider, but part of the party for many, many years. And we were like, what are you doing with that party? He's like, oh, well, you know, we have to have reasonable people everywhere. Uh, okay, fine. But he called me up out of the blue. I've spoken to him in quite a while. And I said to him, I, you know, I, I, my, from what I'm hearing from other people, uh, tangentially involved or you know, sympathetic to previous Liberal Party administrations uh, or previous governments. I said, I hear everybody's trying to get rid of Trudeau and is just waiting for the next election for him to lose, for him to rebuild. And he said to me, you're getting very good information. So I think this was a setup for Trudeau to destroy the legacy of himself and that, um, that party to make it undigestible. So everybody who's waiting in the wings can remove him and rebuild that party, which is a sign of positivity. You know why? Because the only way we're going to fix Canada and get us out of this, you know, neo-progressive, postmodern, extremist era is if we purge the extremists from all the parties, all of them. It can't just be the conservative party. It also has to be the liberal party has to get rid of the extremists. The NDP has to get rid of the extremists. And the biggest problem is the lobbyists who fund all of this stuff. So this will become a battle of different lobbyists 
moving into the next leadership of that party. But, uh, I mean, if you're a conservative and you're practical and whatever, you want your liberal party not to be insane. Because if the liberal party is insane, then the conservatives are just going to become a new liberal party, which I happen to know is what their strategy is. And then you don't, you don't have a, a, a conservative party anymore. So it's best for everybody if, uh, if they purge and they get rid of it. But I'll tell you one thing. There is somebody uh, very deep in the liberal party, someone or a couple of people that are still laughing hysterically <laughs> and trying to get up off the floor from the fact that they all, all in unison clapped for, um, for an actual Nazi. <laughs> and the tweet of the year was from uh, Kean Bexty, who posted a picture from the Freedom Convoy of uh, the Nazi flag that was there for all of 10 seconds. And uh, the picture of the Nazi, and he said, well, what is, what is worse, uh, a, a Nazi flag outside the parliament or an actual Nazi on the inside? <laughs> well done, Kian. Very good. So, uh, all right. Let's catch up. Fingers crossed it happens soon. Avril, yeah, uh, Guillaume, very good insight. Time to pre-bunk Mark Carney for getting the printing party started. Yeah. He uh, And he is not loved in England. We talked a little bit about him there because he was or is, I think he was, um, head of the Bank of uh, the Bank of England as well and was equally destructive. You know, Mark Carney says stupid things like, you know, the problems with capitalism. You're a central banker, fucknut. What's the matter with you? Like your whole... <laughs> oh, God. So, and he's been uh, with some very, very controversial characters. That people in the in the conservative party know, you know, uh, West Point. Uh, anybody, anyone with a little knowledge of this uh, region's history knows how insulting it would be for Jews and Polish people. Zelensky diplomats are also know it very well. Yeah, exactly. So this was somebody on the inside who uh, was aware of this, uh, knew there was a constituent, set this all up. Because Trudeau refuses to listen. He runs the party like Doug Ford runs his party. Doesn't listen to any of his MPs who are supposed to represent constituents. Uh, he thinks it's his own little play toy because he's a, he's a man-child. And uh, people in the Liberal Party are fed up with it. And listen, I disagree with a lot of things of people who are, you know, a lot of perspectives of people in the Liberal Party. But I want them to be rational and normal and you know, then at least get back to a point where we can talk to one another. That's, that's one of the reasons I loved doing uh, trigonometry, which is not out yet. Um, that, you know, nobody likes political labels. We're all starting to get, uh, an, develop an allergy to political labels, which is a good thing. But if you had to, you'd say, okay, the guys at trigonometry, Constantine and Francis, yeah, they're definitely more liberal. One's more liberal than the other. But they were pro-freedom convoy, anti-coercion um, for vaccines, um, anti, or sorry, pro-free speech, anti-authoritarian, all that sort of stuff. They're against all this nonsense, which are the type of people we, if you're a conservative, you need to help elevate those people in the liberal parties, not just do this, you know, red versus blue. Just how about difference of philosophical worldview, but let's have some rational people on the other side so we can talk. And that's what 
uh, Constantine and Francis are. I had an amazing chat with them. It was really, really great. And I'm hoping that's going to be just another step in communicating with more liberal-minded people about the importance of freedom and freedom of speech and open discourse. You know, when I was at, uh, when I was in Swindon, it was amazing. Uh, I went for the last day I was there, so I worked out of the office for three days. The first two days was working on our segments, and then they said, hey, if you're in the area, if you're still around, why don't you just come to the office, and if you want to do work here, do whatever you want, and then we'll go for, we'll go to the pub after dinner or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. So I brought my laptop, worked, hung out with them, went for coffee and stuff like that. And the last afternoon that I was there, I went for coffee with, for those of you who know Lotus Eaters, you'll know uh, Stelios, who I really like. Uh, he's just such a warm, nice guy. Uh, he is a, um, a former philosophy professor who decided he wanted to go this direction and become a voice. Uh, and he unapologetically describes himself as a classical liberal. As many philosophical uh, philosophy majors, doctorates, philosophies, whatever, I think would also share that. Not all of them, but mon most of them would share that moniker just because they try to understand all different uh, philosophical worldviews. And I think that's just where they naturally end. So I went for coffee with Stelios and Connor. And Connor, who I have so much respect for, like that kid is brilliant. He really is. Uh, he's in his early 20s. He worked in policy for the, for the Conservatives in England. Uh, he experienced much of what I experienced in the Conservatives, that is just the uniparty, and decided he needed to be a voice. And Connor is like social conservative to the max, uh, Vatican One, like really kind of old school values. But I, had, I have so much respect for him. He had Helen Joyce, who is a, you know, a turf feminist, whatever, on his show, and she said something that people took as a, you know, a slight against men. Uh, and I could see how people would get very upset. But Connor went out of his way to defend her and to explain, I don't agree with her opinion, but you're mischaracterizing what she said. And I'm not going to allow you to mischaracterize. If we're going to talk to each other openly, we need to be honest with what each other said. So to hear Connor go out of his way... Um, to show maximum integrity, as far as I'm concerned, to steal man an argument for somebody he disagrees with, just so we can engage in a conversation. For that reason, Connor will always have my respect. So going for coffee with Connor, social conservative Vatican I, and Stelios, philosophy professor, classical liberal, and they're always you know they're always arguing, not arguing, but you know. Uh, there's certain things they're just not going to agree on, but they'll talk about it. And it was amazing just to sit there for coffee and be not a mediator, but just to sit and listen and talk and engage with them. Uh, that's what the future is going to be. The future is going to be all of us, uh, irrespective of our, our different world philosophies, learning to communicate. Because I got to tell you, it is mentally stimulating because you learn from people on all sides. You learn from people on all sides, especially when they disagree with you. Or you disagree with them on certain issues. So um, anyways, I know, I'm, I'm going off track. Um, okay, so the um, we had the Nazi. I think that was a setup. Uh, it, it has all the, all the hallmark, hallmarks of a political setup trying to get rid of Trudeau. Uh, maybe it was Mark Carney's team that are trying to do it. Who knows? But uh, I think that's a good thing uh, for the future. I think that's a positive sign. 
for the future. We are coming to, as uh, Jordan Peterson described in the endorsement of my book, the then Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cronies in the legacy media, which is another issue we'll talk about another time. Uh, okay, so the Conservatives were outraged. Uh, another guy, uh, what's his, um, Marty Morantz, Morantz, something like that. He's a Conservative MP uh, that was given the sheet of paper and the talking point, like they all are, because it's all scripted, uh, to challenge Trudeau and the government how they could ever think of bringing in uh, an actual Nazi <laughs> to Parliament. Oh, God. <laughs> And uh, so I asked um, researcher Bob, Bob was, Bob and that whole group were supportive of the convoy, running spaces, all that sort of stuff. And Bob is like a, a guy who likes to go down the rabbit holes and do, uh, you know, the lion's share of the research and quite good at it. And I asked Bob, I'm like, by the way, Bob, <laughs> was Marty Morans, whatever his name, did he happen to be clapping as well with everybody else in unison? And he responded, well, well, actually, it seems he was. <laughs> so the guy who's reading the talking point for the conservatives, criticizing them from bringing in a Nazi, was also clapping for the Nazi the day before. They're all a bunch of dumbasses. Can we give them a round of applause for being the stupidest people in the history of Canadian governments, cause, governance? Because they are. Uh, so I thought that was um, that was uh, very entertaining. But you know why are they clapping? They're, I mean, there's a, there's there's a very simple reason they're clapping. They're not clapping for the Nazi. They're clapping for all the illegal money laundering that they're they or the lobby firms or strategic management firms that they're all involved with. Uh, that that they're all involved with this massive lo- money laundering through Ukraine. And there's a percentage of people who think this is an actual war. No, it's, it's money laundering. This is politics 101. It's political money laundering. On all sides, all the proxy groups and whatever, like, oh, we're such, um, we're such a banana republic. It's crazy. Vote Rocky. <laughs> you know what? Um, we're going to talk about this more in uh, the near future, Desi. I actually just, sorry, I was late. I was uh, just, Scheduling my ticket to El Salvador. I am going to be speaking, by the way, in El Salvador, in San Salvador. Is it in San Salvador? I think it is. At the Adopting Bitcoin Conference uh, another month or so from now. But that's uh, another edge. Edge of thoughts of ideas. Good to see you as well. And uh, you're missing all the fun. <laughs> you're, missing out all, you're missing out on all the blackface fun. <laughs> it's great. All right. So this brings me to another thing. And this is a PSA for everybody else, public service announcement to everybody else who is, you know, pro-freedom convoy, pro-freedom, pro-Bitcoin, wants an end to clown world, an end to the extremism in politics. And we're going to get there. I promise you we're going to get there. But not if we don't use our heads. And what I mean by that is, Let's go back to earlier in the week. The first, you know, terrorism scandal involving, involving Trudeau last week, which was the Kalistani terrorism, right? If you notice, right around the time where Trudeau was getting into trouble and he's, well, he's getting into hot water, that that story broke. 
And listen, props to Daniel Boardman from the National Telegraph and Wyatt Claypool from the National Telegraph who have been doing spaces. Daniel had a video on it that hit, I don't know, a million impressions or something, 500,000 views or something. And uh, they both were doing legacy media in India, which is very different than legacy media in Canada. Uh, so they did a, a great job of getting the word out about Trudeau in, um, uh, in that respect re- related to the Kalistani. So nationaltelegraph.com is their website, by the way. Uh, so good for them. The, uh, so that, as that was breaking, did you notice something else started to drop on social media relative to us? And I'll give you a hint, all right? We've seen this three times before. This would be the fourth time. What did we see coming out of freedom groups, groups, freedom people, I don't know what you want to call them. What did they start talking about right around the time that Trudeau, that Calistani Trudeau thing started to go global and blow up? You saw something. It, it's happened four times. Sorry, it's happened three times. This would be the fourth time, at least that I know of. It might have happened more times. Think about it. Trudeau gets into trouble. His poll numbers plummet. And then something happens. You know what it is? I think I only misquoted or retweeted one of them. Perhaps might be mistaken though. Uh, maybe. I'll tell you, if you want to type in there, I want to see if anybody, any of you get this. I've talked about this before a few times. Something happens every time Trudeau, his poll numbers collapse and he's an embarrassment all over the media. I'll give you a hint. They've been doing this strategy since February 2022, what do they do every time Trudeau's numbers implode? You know what it is? That's right. Another convoy. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so all these all of a sudden, oh, we're doing another convoy. Why? Why? He's a global embarrassment. He's over. He's a lame duck prime minister. Why would anyone? And what are you, what are you gonna have a convoy for? You're not happy? Okay, okay, what is it? <laughs> like, you know, we, the, the Freedom Convoy was successful for a number of reasons. One of which, uh, I made it impossible for those, those subverters to grab a hold of the Freedom Convoy and tear it apart on the inside. They tried every day. Keith Wilson tried every day to have meetings. They all tried to, to fuck us every day. And every day I blocked them as long as I could, right? But the other thing is because there was a goal. And it was a reasonable goal. It was based on a temporary policy anyways. That as I said in our interviews. England already did what we wanted to be done in Canada. We just wanted to drop mandates and drop arrive can. Which is what, in, what England had just done. It was the easiest win in the world. And I could have sold it for the Liberals as a win. And I would have done that as long as we got our, our freedom. I don't really care because they all suck. You know? But anyways, they... Um, <laughs> so they're starting another convoy. A convoy to nowhere. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're trying to do. A convoy to nowhere. Why do they want to do a convoy? Because what does the political class, conservatives and liberals need, and they all both benefit in different ways, they both need, the uniparty needs a boogeyman, 
right? Because during the Freedom Convoy, the truckers and us became the opposition. That's why there was so much donations. We all know there's no opposition. It's a uniparty. They all work together. They all work for their own benefit, not for our benefit. So the Freedom Convoy was the first time in a long time we've seen an actual opposition. Well, the Uniparty can't have that, right? The Uniparty cannot have an official opposition. By Uniparty, I mean, remember, the Conservative Party deputy leader, who is a rookie. I've never heard of a deputy leader being a rookie. Like, that's not how the system works. That's as bad as Christopher Friedland being deputy prime minister and the, fina the um, uh, finance minister simultaneously. So the rookie... Deputy minister, deputy, um, uh, deputy leader of the Conservative Party worked for a lobby firm that was co-founded by Justin Trudeau's chief of staff. Trudeau's chief of staff, Katie Telford's firm, used to employ the second in charge of the Conservative Party. That is the Uniparty. And by the way, don't think the PPC is any different. We'll get into that another day. So uh, the Uniparty needs to see more chaos and another boogeyman. What's the most effective boogeyman that they've come up with for their own base? At least they think so. Is the Freedom Convoy. And also, what do the conservatives want to do? What they've been trying to do for a year and a half. You saw that in Wilson's testimony during the uh, POEC. When he described us as a bunch of weirdos that were drawn like moth to a flame. They've been trying to destroy the legacy of the Freedom Convoy so Pierre Polyev doesn't have to talk about it, right? That's the goal. They want to discredit all of this stuff because they want to discredit any potential opposition. That's the game that they're all playing. So then I see Trudeau's in, in trouble again. His numbers implode. And all of a sudden, another convoy to nowhere. This is the fourth time they've tried that. Fourth time. And there are people who just, I don't know, I don't understand how you cannot see this. This is so obvious. This is the most basic play in politics. Like I said constantly during the convoy, don't take their bait. But some people want to take the bait. They want to help Trudeau rebuild his poll numbers. They want to help Pierre Polyev, dis well not Pierre Polyev directly, but the conservative uniparty discredit the freedom convoy why would you do that like why it just makes no sense and that's because once again there are political ops or feds or whatever you want to call it they're always the loudmouth ones they're like the ray epps types people we have them here except here they're tied to political parties right uh those people get involved they get everybody angry they everybody oh let's do another convoy let's do another convoy okay let's do it no no there's no reason Right now, there's no reason. Every time, every, like clockwork, when Trudeau implodes, there's a, a call for another convoy because Trudeau wants to rebuild his poll numbers. The conservatives want to discredit the convoy so they don't have to talk about it. And that's why they work together on it. And, you know, during the Lotus Eaters segment, we included Diverge Media. Shout out to Greg, by the way. Uh, Diverge Media, one of his videos where he showed the email communications between Trudeau and then interim leader Candace Bergen, how they agreed the Freedom Convoy needs to come to an end. That's the Conservative Party interim leader in her own words. I agree 
The freedom, the convoy needs to come to an end. Yet they're trying to, to take credit for supporting the convoy. What is going on? How can people not see it? Like it's so right in front of your face. And I know how. I know how. Because we're all, we all get opinions pretty much primed to us. And we need people to kind of, me included, we need to have the, the sometimes we need the chessboard to be mapped out for us so we can see all the pieces, right? I just happen to be pretty good at this. That's why I can see it. But I, especially if you're busy with, you know, your life, your kids, your other stuff. It's like, who's got time for all this nonsense, right? And this is what they play upon, right? All right. Yes, I saw a post about a secret meeting for a new convoy. Yeah, secret meeting. (laughs) Meaning, let's get as many loud mouths. And I don't say that in a negative way. But let's get as many people with platforms together. Uh, to get them to start to build this new convoy. Let's make sure Dichter doesn't hear about it. By the way, they're all in a group. Uh, all the people, the subverters who sabotage the convoy are in a group, a, a signal group, uh, together. Many of them are not supposed to be talking to each other. Uh, collaborating and planning out all the messaging and all the articles you're reading and all the bullshit you're seeing and by the way, Legacy Media is involved is in that group as well. Somebody from the Canadian press. So when you see an article about the Freedom Convoy with Canadian press, that's come from the Signal Group, where the conservatives and the lawyers and the people who screwed us and some of the personalities are in there together collaborating on this. Thank you, Dana, for drawing bringing that to my uh, my attention. Uh, operatives are not getting paid. Yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they know. When they get paid, it's not usually in money uh, because money usually, you know, it can be traceable, right? But they get paid in clout. They get paid in access to people for their platforms to build out. Uh, Just like in politics, like when people are corrupt, they don't get paid money. They'll get uh, donations to, if they're a candidate, they'll get donations to a campaign or usually the the chief, the uh, campaign manager, will get donations to a campaign in turn in, in return for some favors and stuff like that. It's never that's the closest it gets to actual actual money, right? But anyways, um my my only request from everybody, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. This moment happened and it's in the past. And you can see on locals as well. This was in the past. This was the signal to them that when it's serious, we can get mobilized, we can get organized, and we're strategic thinkers. We know exactly how they operate better than they do, which was a big part of what my job was at the Freedom Convoy, which a lot of people don't know about, and I don't really talk about that much. But that's what we, that's the message we sent, and they got that. Now they're on their back heels, and all of them uh, especially when I'm in the Trudeau administration, they've imploded. They're done. They're over. Even people in the Liberal Party are finished with them. Just let them bring it to a vote. You know, it was really telling when I heard Pierre Polyev say on that WestJet flight, that inspiring speech, <laughs> fucking horrible. Look what they did to him, right? Guy's, guy's a great speaker, and they just turned him into a piece of plastic. But anyways, he's on the WestJet thing. And he's saying, you probably have all seen this video. It says, who's ready for common sense? Like, oh, God. <laughs> NPC political 
uh, talking points. But anyways, one of the things he said was, uh, he was joking, the only part that was a little bit clever, when he says we got uh, two, two more years of turbulence ahead. And I thought, oh, oh, you know what that means? They have a deal. That means the NDP and the Conservatives have a deal, which is, okay, Jack Mead, we'll go on for two years, you'll get your pension, then you can step down, somebody else will go into your, become leader of your party, and then we'll go into an election and we'll take down the Liberal Party, and then you're going to see a Conservative majority and an NDP opposition. He let that slip just by saying two more years. Why two more years? We have a minority government. There's a minority government. If there's enough sway and enough momentum in the NDP for a confidence vote of Jack Mead, then we're done and we're probably in an uh, election within 30 days. But he said two years. Why did he say that? Because they have a deal. That's how the uniparty works. Just like they, they negotiate on different ridings. Did you know that? Did you know that, like, did you know the NDP and the Conservatives, they actually negotiate ridings? So when the Conservatives say, oh, we want to get serious about the GTA, no, they don't. They want to get serious about taking liberal or swing ridings in the GTA. Like, for example, uh, Don Valley West, with the exception, I think, the last election, is a bellwether indicator, that, that riding, and that is 100% a swing riding. So they want to go after those swing ridings between conservatives and liberals. But the conservatives and the NDP have negotiated certain territories that the conservatives will not be aggressive on and the NDP won't be aggressive on. That's how it all works. So, when they talk, they're lying. Anyways, <laughs> look, all of this is, I think, look, this is the positive spin. I think it's amazing. It's amazing that Trudeau got completely sold out by his own party. The, the few remaining people, well, the few remaining people, there's lots of people remaining in the party, but the people are holding on to get rid of him. All factions, the Mark Carney faction, uh, the, you know, it, there's a little bit of nuance to this statement, but the Kretchen Martin faction, although those people are much older, but there's kind of a, a growing number of those types of uh, liberals, believe it or not. And uh, there's a couple of other factions in the Liberal Party. I mean, I don't know much about the Liberal Party, but I have people trying to tell me a little bit because they want an end to the nonsense too. Hold on one second. All right. So, I hate, this is why I don't, I don't have phones. Anyways, uh, that's, I think that's basically it. The, the whole idea is all of this, yeah, it's gonna be, fr oh my God. Okay, we'll have to deal with the little noise for a little bit. Oh my god, one more, one more, one more. Okay. I think we're done. <laughs> Sorry about that. So I think the, um, the positive message in all of this is I think we're coming close to an end of the world of craziness. And in our politics, but not only in our politics, in our culture, you know, the, the downward slide. This is why, like, 
I don't know, baiting people into all these politically, these political fed operations around social stuff. Like just, you know what? Most people just want to get on with their lives. They want to do with this. People are really frustrated with education and their children. And I get that, but people are, are actually fighting that on the inside. And then there's that other statement that I heard yesterday, and I think it's so true, so true. That is, if this is an observation by Scott Adams, and shout out to Scott, and thank you for, you know, all the kind comments. He's been sharing a lot of DMs with me, so I really appreciate it. And that is, there's a generation of young men coming down the pipeline who won't take the bullshit. And they're all following Andrew Tate or people like him. They're not going to take the crap. I know some of those kids. One of my friends, uh, my close friend's son is like that. He's not taking the, the bullshit. He's not going to draw all this woke stuff. They're like, no, 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 they don't care. And they feel like they have nothing to lose. Right? They're young. They don't really have anything. So they're not going to shut up. They're not going to go along with this nonsense. And there's an army of them. So you're going to see society make a shift towards masculinism over the next generation. And it might take a generation, right? I've said before, this whole culture war we're involved in, it's going to require a generational shift. If you think it's one, you press a button and one election, one politician fixes things, that's not the case. It's going to take a generation to mature and say, all right, enough of the bullshit. We're not doing this anymore. Avril says, my son is like that. And Avril, I'm willing to bet your son's friends are like that too, aren't they? They're not taking the bullshit. Part of my language. They're not taking the BS. I know. Naughty boy, what can I tell you? So I think that's a sign of hope for the future. The fact that internally the people who, with uh, the Trudeau and the Nazis, they sabotaged themselves. And um, at the same time, not only did they sabotage uh, their own party, party, but you have this generation of younger people that will coming down the pipeline who will help reset things and fix things. Now, our job is to make sure they don't go too far. To, you know, we don't want conservatives to become the idiots they were in the 90s when they wanted to censor video games and censor music and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it was really frustrating for people like myself who are more fiscally type conservative that, okay, I, I'm down with fiscal conservatism, but I don't want my crap censored. I want freedom. So it's our job to make sure that there's there's somewhat of a balance. and uh, But I think things are going to get much better over the future. Things are going to be... Uh, I know, I'm quite bullish on the future. All right, so if you are, let me just see, it doesn't take much to fool or distract Trudeau, just roll out the red carpet. It doesn't take much to fool any of them. Hey, listen, on our side too, all these people, Trudeau gets in trouble with the Calistanis and the, and the, uh, the Indian government, blows up in his face internationally. All of a sudden, hey, we need another convoy because a bunch of feds who screwed us in Ottawa, as I explained before, go back, I explained this all. Uh, decide, okay, well, it's it's time to once again take the opportunity to try to destroy the legacy of the Freedom Convoy and uh, the Trudeau Liberals hope that helping in that endeavor will help their uh, poll numbers recover. So if you know anybody buying, taking the bait on another convoy, the convoy to nowhere is what I like to call it, 
Uh, please warn them. Tell them. Just dial it back. We've, we've done our bit. We've sent our signal to the political class. They know. Now it just requires some patience. And it sucks to have to be patient sometimes. But uh, the world or the universe rewards those who are most patient, at least in my experience. All right, I got to, I think that's it for the day. I got to get, uh, yeah, it's 10.30 already. I got to get to a meeting. Um, Karen, you okay, so proud of him. I'm just going through your comments here. Appreciate all your comments. This is great. Rocky's there. Yeah, Rocky's awesome. Uh, Guillaume. Oh, by the way, Guillaume, uh, check out Stelios on Lotus Eaters. Um, I work, I'm going to be, I've actually been invited back. They want to do something with me on October the 2nd uh, with Stelios and Dan. Uh, the Brokenomics episode, their macroeconomics uh, conversation, which was three hours. We were supposed to talk for an hour about the Freedom Convoy, which is part one, and part two, everything since the Freedom Convoy, which there's going to be some new information there. Uh, it was three hours long. It was, uh, it, was, it was a good conversation. That'll be out, I think you said today or maybe next Tuesday. I'm not sure. LotusEaters.com, you can go there. Uh, or check out the Lotus Eaters podcast on whatever podcast player you have. It should be up there at some point. And then at sometime this month, uh, or sorry, sometimes I guess next month, is going to be my conversation on trigonometry with Francis and Constantine, which is great. If you're in Florida, you know anybody who's in Florida, tomorrow begins the Cyberpunk 2023. It's a two-day conference. It's a cryptocurrency conference. I'm going there to talk about Bitcoin and uh, the trucker convoy and explain to them why Bitcoin was important and what it did for us in Canada. And boy, there's still a lot of appetite and uh, so much respect for Canadians that uh, supported this movement in England, all over the United States. Like I've spoken to so many people over the years and uh, they really appreciate and acknowledge uh, what we were able to achieve for everybody. So... Um, Anyways, we're loved by all and hated by, I don't know, a political fringe minority. Okay, I got to run and I'll talk to you soon. I'll, I'll see you, some of you in the Discord later on today. Bye-bye.